welcome to the Corona of Thorns podcast. I'm Father Peter Zwans, and today is Thursday of the 16th week in Ordinary Time. Let's pray. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. The grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. And with your spirit. To prepare ourselves, let us acknowledge our sins. I confess to Almighty God and and to you, my brothers and sisters, that that I have greatly sinned in my thoughts and in my words, in what I have done and in what I have failed to do, through my fault, through my fault, through my most grievous fault. Therefore I ask, Blessed Mary, ever-Virgin, all the angels and saints, and you, my brothers and sisters, to pray for me to the Lord our God. May Almighty God have mercy on us, forgive us our sins, and bring us to everlasting life. Amen. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Christ, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Lord, have mercy. Let us pray. Show favour, O Lord, to your servants, and mercifully increase the gifts of your grace, that made fervent in hope, faith and charity, they may be ever watchful in keeping your commands. Through our Lord Jesus Christ, your Son, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. A reading from the prophet Jeremiah. The word of the Lord was addressed to me, saying, Go and shout this in the hearing of Jerusalem. The Lord says this, I remember the affection of your youth, the love of your bridal days. You followed me through the wilderness, through a land unsown. Israel was sacred to the Lord, the first fruits of his harvest. Anyone who ate of this had to pay for it. Misfortune came to them. It is the Lord who speaks. I brought you to a fertile country to enjoy its produce and good things. But no sooner had you entered than you defiled my land and made my heritage detestable. The priests have never asked, Where is the Lord? Those who administer the law have no knowledge of me. The shepherds have rebelled against me. The prophets have prophesied in the name of Baal, following things with no power in them. You heavens, stand aghast at this. Stand stupefied, stand utterly appalled. It is the Lord who speaks. Since my people have committed a double crime, they have abandoned me the fountain of living water, only to dig cisterns for themselves, leaky cisterns that hold no water. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. You are the source of life, O Lord. You are the source of life, O Lord. Your love, Lord, reaches to heaven, your truth to the skies. Your justice is like God's mountain, your judgments like the deep. You are the source of life, O Lord. O Lord, how precious is your love, my God, the sons of men. Find refuge in the shelter of your wings. They feast on the riches of your house. They drink from the stream of your delight. You are the source of life, O Lord. In you is the source of life, and in your light we see light. Keep on loving those who know you, doing justice for our bright hearts. You are the source of life, O Lord. Alleluia, alleluia. Blessed are you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth. You have revealed to little ones the mysteries of the kingdom. Alleluia. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. 
A reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. The disciples went up to Jesus and asked, Why do you talk to them in parables? Because, he replied, the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven are revealed to you, but they are not revealed to them. For anyone who has will be given more, and he will have more than enough. But from anyone who has not, even what he has will be taken away. The reason I talk to them in parables is that they look without seeing and listen without hearing or understanding. So in their case, this prophecy of Isaiah is being fulfilled. You will listen and listen again, but not understand. See and see again, but not perceive. For the heart of this nation has grown coarse. Their ears are dull of hearing, and they have shut their eyes. For fear they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart, and be converted and healed by me. But happy are your eyes because they see, your ears because they hear. I tell you solemnly, many prophets and holy men longed to see what you see and never saw it, to hear what you hear and never heard it. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. So the Gospel should sound familiar. Um, We heard it a couple of Sundays ago, not last Sunday, the Sunday before. Um, And it was the middle part of the longer Gospel about the parable of the sower, between Jesus telling the parable to the crowd and then Jesus explaining the meaning of the parable of the sower to his disciples later. And here the disciples, they ask this question, why do you talk to them in parables? Um, And I suppose if, if we were to answer this question, we might be inclined to say something along the lines of, well, um, Jesus is using analogies in order to make the meaning of what he's saying clear. He's speaking to agrarian people, people who are familiar with farming, with fishing. And so he uses the images from their everyday life in order to explain the kingdom of God to them. Jesus speaks in parables in order to make his word clearer. And yet that's not what he seems to say in the gospel today. He doesn't say, oh, look, the reason why I speak to them in parables is because it helps them to understand. Because the disciples themselves, they they have to go and ask Jesus what the parables mean. Remember, he explains to them the meaning of the parable of the sower because they say, look, I don't get it. And, and, you know, last Sunday, when we had the parable of the darnel and the wheat, again, Jesus has to explain it to his disciples. So these parables, they're not exactly making everything clear. There's actually something that parables make more obscure. Now, that's exactly what Jesus refers to in the gospel today, when, when he talks about why he speaks in parables. A parable, it reveals something to those who believe. But it seems to hide something from those who do not believe. You get this rather strange phrase, those who have will be given more, but those who do not have, even what they have will be taken away. So what does that even mean? Well, When you read the parables, they're not just straight analogies. 
It's not like, well, the kingdom of heaven, it's like a sower. Okay, fair enough. There's, there's that element of analogy to it. But there's always a kind of twist in the story. There's always something unexpected, something that has the character of a, a, a riddle about it. Something that gives you a bit of a double take and makes you wonder, well, what the heck does that even mean? What's, what's going on there? And why is Jesus speaking in these terms? And I think if you're willing to enter into the riddle, I think if you're willing to allow your own mind to be challenged or expanded, then the parable is actually going to unveil something. It's going to reveal something. But if you're not, the parable is just going to sound like a strange story. So Jesus is describing the listeners, those who are hearing these parables and and the effect that it has upon them. That for those who listen without some kind of receptivity to the story, they're not going to get it. And the story itself is going to conceal something. Now, this dovetails with the meaning of the parable of the sower, right? Remember, there are four different kinds of conditions in which the seed was received, uh, either on the path, in shallow ground, or among the thorns, or in good soil. So what does receiving the seed in good soil look like? Well, Jesus refers to this prophecy from Isaiah, you will listen and listen again and not understand, see and see again but not perceive. For the heart of the nation has grown coarse, their ears are dull of hearing and they've shut their eyes for fear that they should see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their heart and be converted and healed by me. I mean, that prophecy from Isaiah is is a pretty harsh judgment, but I think it also then gives us the key to unlock what conditions are needed within the hearer in order to understand these parables. How do we need to listen to the word of God? Well, we need to listen with a heart that has not grown coarse, with ears that are not dull of hearing, but are keen to hear, eyes that want to perceive, that want to behold what is being presented. So, to be humble. I'm not the finished product yet, and I need to be converted, and I still need to be healed by the Lord. If I come to these parables with a sense of my own fullness, that seed is going to hit some pretty hard ground, bounce off, And then get eaten by the birds. And so Jesus speaks to us because, you know, we can have this rather strange condition of looking without seeing, listening without hearing or understanding. Now, I think it's easy for us as, you know, sort of practicing Catholics to sort of go, oh, well, you know, Jesus is mostly talking about unbelievers here. Jesus is mostly talking about those who are receiving the word for the first time and, and whether or not they're going to have some kind of openness to faith. And, you know, that's certainly there. But I don't think we should fall into the trap of imagining that Jesus is talking about someone other than us. Because I think the danger for us when we listen to the parables is to think, oh, yeah, I know that one. That's 
the mustard seed, that's a little seed that turns into a big bush. Or that's the pearl of great price, that's the one where the bloke sells everything that he owns in order to have the pearl. Well, I think if we come to the parables with that kind of attitude of, you know, already knowing what it means, uh, then the seed, it, it kind of finds a pretty hard place in our hearts and might well bounce off our hearts and, and get carried away. Because at the end of the day, there's always something of a twist in these parables. There's always something of a riddle. Um, and if I don't ask the question, well, what's it saying to me? What am I being shown that I haven't seen before? What am I being told that I haven't heard before? And how is my heart being drawn to deeper conversion and to healing? And then you know what? Like, they're just stories. And not the word that God, that Jesus addresses to me. So we're going to continue to go over these parables. Um, you know, the ones that get dished up to us in the Sunday lectionary are going to be repeated to us in the weekday lectionary um, because we, we've just reached that synchronization in the, in the cycle. But maybe this is a good thing because, you know, we'll be presented with these parables a number of times. And maybe this is a good opportunity for us to listen to the parables once more with this new receptivity. Lord, what haven't I seen before? And what are you saying to me? And how does this bring my heart to deeper healing and to deeper conversion? At the Saviour's command, and formed by divine teaching, we dare to say, Our Father, who who art art in heaven, heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. Deliver us, Lord, we pray, from every evil. Graciously grant peace in our days, that by the help of your mercy we may be always free from sin and safe from all distress, as we await the blessed hope and the coming of our Saviour, Jesus Christ. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours, now and forever. Let us welcome Christ into our hearts with an act of spiritual communion. My Jesus, I believe that you are present in the most holy sacrament. I love you above all things, and I desire to receive you into my soul. Since I cannot at this moment receive you sacramentally, come at least spiritually into my heart. I embrace you as if you were already there and unite myself wholly to you. Never permit me to be separated from you. Amen. The Lord be with you. And with your spirit. May Almighty God bless you, the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Go in peace. Thanks be to God. And we finish by praying Pope Francis's prayer to Mary during the coronavirus pandemic. O Mary, you shine continuously on our journey as a sign of salvation and hope. We entrust ourselves to you, health of the sick. 
At the foot of the cross, you participated in Jesus' pain with steadfast faith. You, salvation of the Roman people, know what we need. We are certain that you will provide, so that as you did in Cana of Galilee, joy and feasting might return after this moment of trial. Help us, Mother of Divine Love, to conform ourselves to the Father's will and to do what Jesus tells us. He who took our sufferings upon himself and bore our sorrows to bring us through the cross to the joy of the resurrection. Amen. We seek refuge under your protection, O Holy Mother of God. Do not despise our pleas, we who are put to the test, and deliver us from every danger, O glorious and blessed Virgin. Amen. Thanks for praying with us, and may God bless you abundantly, so that this day may give glory to God the Father.